Hello, everyone. This is a new episode of Vines to Wines. Thank you for tuning in. Coming to you straight from the Yakima Valley of Washington State. Today, I'm joined by Matt Ron, a winemaker and co-owner of Two Mountain Winery in Zilla, Washington. I've known Matt for quite a while, so this was really fun to get together on the podcast and have a fun conversation. So please enjoy. Thanks for making me feel old. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm 44, I'm 44 now. Do the math. Matt, Ron, thank you for joining me. Co- co-owner of Two Mountain Vineyard and Winery. Yep. Um, so I want to talk about the history of Two Mountain. Maybe you can walk me through uh, how you guys got started. I know the history, but for the listener, how did you guys get into the winemaking industry back when you were in your 20s? Or uh, yeah, yeah, no, I was, I was 20... I was 23 when Which, I... That's how old I am, so that's really crazy <laughs> to think about. Um, yeah, so okay. I, when I graduated from college, um, when, I gradu- when I graduated from university, um, my our uncle, our late uncle, was diversifying the family orchard. So had apples and cherries and pears and you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And he was diversifying that into planting some grapes with the idea of starting a small winery in the future. Um, and so when I graduated from, from college, he said, Hey, you know, do you want, do you want to help? I mm-hmm. mean, he's like, I think there's a really cool potential in this, like this industry is going someplace and I can't do it all myself because we had 350 acres of tree fruit at the same time. Um, I said, sure, why not? And so I came back a week after I graduated from college um, or the next week, I should say, after I graduated from college, I was helping finishing plant our original vineyard, the Copeland Vineyard. Um, helped him do that, kind of oversaw that, and kind of was general manager of the orchard as well. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then a few years later, a couple years later, we started the winery. We started Two Mountain Winery. Um, How did you get on that name? <laughs> um, you know what? Honestly, we we're debating names, and I I was out in the middle of a vineyard one day, and I just looked up. I was like, "Damn, there's like two really big mountains there." You know, it's like <laughs> things you see all the time, yeah. but you like you just don't notice them sometimes, right? No, that's a great name. Um, and so I said, "What about two mountains?" And he's like, "That's actually really cool." And so he did it. And then when he filled out the application, he forgot the I don't know if he purposely forgot the S and made it two mountain, or if he yeah. Like, Accidentally left the S off yeah. in the application, but anyway, we became Two Mountain, not Two Mountains Winery. Two Mountain uh, is better, I think. I, I think thought. so too. Yeah. I like it. I like it better, also. Yeah. Um, but it's always been kind of the little internal joke that we have in, around the has around nothing the to do with the two brothers. No, 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 no. Although, that, <laughs> although some of the some of the neighborhood always joked about that because because Ron, who is our our uncle, um, Ron Schmidt. Like he and I were basically the same size, and so we were bigger than everybody else in the neighborhood. <laughs> the two so, mountains walking around. Yeah, yeah. Then, then when my brother got involved, it, like he's bigger than I am, so yeah. you know it was taller than I am. So um, yeah. then it was, then it was really kind of the joke. And then when my brother and I bought the winery, um, then the joke really was there, right? right? right. And so we bought the winery in two thousand six. We started. We helped him start the winery in two thousand two. That was our first vintage. Um, what was the wine? The winery culture like here in 2006 was it like it is now where there's a bunch of wineries all the way around or were you sort of before some of these like like you were before van on vineyards that's for sure Mm -hmm. so did you notice a big change in the area around here with new wineries popping up or was that already happening by the time you got started i think the short answer is yes to both of those okay um there were a lot of wineries that were popping up. We were not the first ones in the neighborhood. Right. Um, in fact, we were probably 
of the people that are in the neighborhood, we were probably, and I mean the immediate neighborhood here, we were probably the last of the, the residents to actually have a, the wineries that are owned by people that have lived in the neighborhood or lived in the immediate vicinity for mm-hmm. a long time. We may have been the last of those groups of, of that group of people to start a winery, okay. um, but we were kind of the first of the new blood as well, if that makes sense. Like Van Arnhem mm-hmm. and Deneen and J Bell and um, right. I guess Night Hill came after us, and they were they've been around here for a long time. But like that group of people, so there was like this new there was this freshness that was coming into the neighborhood with you guys and with mm-hmm. Deneen and with Robin Pollard planting wanting to plant a vineyard here originally mm-hmm. and. Two blondes had a vineyard, but um, they, you know, they've been making wine over on Vashon Island for uh, for a long, long time and doing a world class job over there. But their fruit is right here. Um, and then Sheridan was about the same time as us, and Cultura okay. was after us. So, like this neighborhood kind of has like two different waves or or sectors to it, right? There's the okay. original guys like yeah. Porteous and Bonaire and Hyatt and Wine Goss Cellars is no longer around. Um, but those guys in Silver Lake, um, you know, those guys all basically helped start the industry as a, on a on a macro scale. So because, they go way back. Yeah, Porteous goes back to like 81, 80, 81, something like that. Wow. Um, and then everybody else followed suit. And then like the next wave, like I think the end of kind of that first wave was probably like wine glass sellers. And they started in like 94. Um Somewhere in there, no, so, they 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 started before that. They well, no, I think ninety four was like maybe what their first commercial vintage, and then we started in two thousand two. So there was like a little bit of a gap between wine glass sellers and us, mm-hmm. and then it was this, and then when we kind of came in, we were kind of the first of the the new the new wave, if you want to say that, yeah. the new wave that's in the neighborhood. Um, and because we were what like by the time we were actually selling wine, it was. Like eight years after you, ten years after you, yeah, I think. something like that. Yeah, 2013, 14, something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. And so we helped you guys in the first couple of years make some wine. I remember um, that. I was really young back you then. Were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just a little shit running around. <laughs> um, uh, uh, my thing, my have you grown? Um, um, <laughs> Another but, way to make you feel old. <laughs> I, no, I like it. I, I it actually makes me feel younger that way. It's fun. Uh, but so we were kind yeah. of that. We were kind of the the first of that kind of second wave of Zilla wineries. If okay. that makes sense. That does make sense. So Zilla. I think Zilla and probably the Western and the Yakima Valley has kind of been in two different waves. There was the older, the older guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the newer guard or not newer guard, but the, the second wave that would be us and you guys. Um, Owen Roll, they've been around for a long time. They didn't move to this end of the Valley. Um, I mean, they started out in Oregon and then they had to place in Sunnyside, but then they didn't, they didn't move up until up to where they are now until, you know, Ten years ago, okay. whatever the case was, yeah. Um, Traveri, they're in a f- facility that used to be called, um, um, well, it was Sagelands, and before that, it was Staten Hills. Um, well, that's going way back. That was that was one of the original wineries, and but they weren't ever there. It was just it had a few different, you know, so, names to it, and then uh, Fortuity, and um, you know, I'm trying to think who else. Windy Point, but they're not around anymore. Freehand now. Like so, like the the western end of the Yakima Valley has kind of had these two waves of yeah. wineries that have come in. And it's been really cool to see how they've all melded and meshed, mm-hmm. and everybody gets along super well, and everybody is super friendly. And that's the part of the attitude that has never changed: is that it's always been, um, it's always been like, yeah, what what can I do to help, man? Like that's what I've noticed around it's here. Cool, especially uh, back with Van Arnhem Vineyards when we were first getting started. You yeah. guys were really friendly and. I mean, I was I was young, so I was only observing some stuff. I probably didn't mm-hmm. 
know the whole ins and outs of the business, but there's certainly that culture was always there. The, uh, the culture is pretty omnipresent. I mean, the culture is pretty, it's honestly, it's just kind of like those two big mountains on the horizon, right? Like the culture is there. You just see it, but mm-hmm. you don't, you don't really recognize it until you're in it. Right. Because right. it's everybody. That's what people did for us. I mean, when we first started, Ron was, you know, he was friends with all those guys that helped really start the industry on a macro, not just the micro Zilla area, mm-hmm. but on the, the macro side. And every single one of his friends, when I was 23 years old or 25 years old, mm-hmm. he was like, they all said, man, if you need anything, just call. Like, just Yeah, what was email, that like? Whatever. And taking so we've, over a we've company. done the same thing with everybody else, right? Because well, it's like, it's important. What was it like taking over a company that young? Well, we, we bought it. So when we bought it in 06, I was... I was 29 at that point. Okay. No, I was old at that stage. No, I'm kidding. I mean, um, that's not old, but no, it's certainly not no, 23. No, no, no. Well, I helped start it at 23. I bought it right. at 29, but my brother was 25 when we bought it. So we, we were both under the age of 30 when we bought the winery, which that was yeah. that was interesting. I think the best part about it was that um, we didn't know what we didn't know. Like, that's the, <laughs> like, there's a... You didn't st- know enough to be scared to do it kind of thing? It, we were just, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know, we didn't know what we shouldn't be doing. So therefore we didn't know what we should be doing. We were figuring it out on the fly. Who was we, helping you figure we had that good out? People. Oh, um, wine glass sellers was huge for us. David Lowe was massive. Um, Dr. Wade Wolf has always been it, someone I would consider not only a dear friend, but, but also a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Paul Porteous was always very helpful. Greg Chapel, who has a little winery up around the corner now, when he was uh, the winemaker at uh, Hyatt, he was super, super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, still a good friend to these days, and still we we still bounce stuff off of each other a lot. Um, I don't know. The yeah, list goes on, right? right like, yeah, I, we are so fortunate about all that kind of stuff. But I think that's that's pretty. I think that's pretty indicative of not only. I mean, as Washington as a whole, but definitely this area. You know, David O'Reilly at Owen Row, I can always call him up and be like, hey, man, have you ever had experience with this? And we'll sit there and talk for 15 minutes. Or Jurgen Grieve at Traveri, same thing. Like, Because that's what it is. You end up you end up basically troubleshooting all the time when you're starting out a, yes. a business like a winery. And you always need different equipment that you might not have at the moment. And mm-hmm. It can mm-hmm. be kind of expensive equipment that like only a few wineries have in, in the beginning, and you're always borrowing around and stuff. Mm-hmm. I I remember driving the tractor over to your guys' place. A yeah, few times. Uh, you did a few times because, <laughs> because we didn't have we didn't have a tractor with it. We still don't have a tractor with a front loader on it, so it's always like, hey Kent, can I borrow your front loader? <laughs> He's oh, yeah, like, no problem. I'll have, I'll have Max bring it right over. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sweet, thanks, man. I like don't have my <laughs> driver's license yet, but no, I'll hell do no, the you don't need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It only goes so fast. Yeah, exactly. You learn how to drive a car that way. So was there? <laughs> you said. I uh, want to get this right. Yeah. Was there a time when you were doing the business without your brother, Pat, or did you no. guys, you took it on together at the same time? We bought it together at the yeah. same time. So our uncle passed away uh, in May of 2006. And at that point in time, we helped our aunt kind of figure out what to do with the rest of the, with the whole business at that point, helped her dissolve the orchard. That must've been pretty chaotic. In that it moment. was, it was, yeah. I mean, it's still a blur. I still don't remember all of it because it was just, you know, world got turned upside down. Totally. Um, but then in the fall of 06, my brother and I, um, we joked that we found a bank dumb enough to loan us some money. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we bought we bought the winery in the fall of 06 is when it became us. And we've never done it. I've never we've never done it not together. 
Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. And it's been great because it's, I think we complement each other pretty well. Like his strengths and are my weaknesses and my strengths are probably things that he is not quite as good at. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. So, how do you, how did you decide, I mean, running a business with a partner is hard enough, but your family <laughs> member, I can only imagine. So how did you decide who's doing what, or was it just kind of you're both doing everything? In the beginning, you know, at the beginning we were, and we we realized we were kind of stepping on each other's toes. And I remember this vividly. One day we were having a talk with uh, our foreman, and I was saying one thing, and my brother was saying another thing, and our foreman, who's he was just looking at us both, and his eyes were like a tennis match, going back and forth, like, okay, who do I actually <laughs> listen to? And I kind of thought about yeah. it that afternoon and a little bit more, and you know, as as business partners are want to do, they, they can be some disagreements and maybe some raised voices in those disagreements. Sure. Um, and as brothers, that sure as hell can happen. Um, and so they, sometimes they can get, get, you know, sometimes our conversations, you know, we, we have to be smart about it. Right. But mm-hmm. we had a, we had a pretty good conversation one night in the middle of the parking lot. It, it was dark outside. I mean, it was probably, 10 o'clock we were just getting ready to i mean i'm not even sure we were going home yet because that was what we were doing in those days like you work till two o'clock in the morning um uh i just looked at him and said we got to separate these duties man otherwise yeah. we're never going to survive and i'm like you know i already have the relationships with the retail accounts and the winery account or the restaurant accounts and stuff in puget sound um in the i-5 corridor uh because at that point in time we weren't distributing nationally or anything we were just you know, basically our taste room and the greater Seattle area. Um, and I'm already kind of making the wine. Um, well, I'm, I am making the wine, so I kind of have a style I think we're developing. So I have to be on the road. You're going to be here. Why don't you take care of the vineyards? We'll help each other out with both of those things because your palate's good. And I still know a little bit about farming and mm-hmm. we can work together on this stuff. And why don't we just kind of have a separation of duties? Like we're not independent of each other, but we're just kind of in charge of these areas individually, right? And ever since then, um, it's been really, really smooth sailing. I mean, yeah, we have our we have our little tussles once in a while, but mm-hmm. I think that's normal. I think that's healthy because it's but the nice thing is is when we have our tussles, it's we're both wanting to go to exactly the same spot. It's just a matter of how do we want to get there, right? And so we, we're always in lockstep and in sync and mm-hmm. And, you know, we can both, but we both can be a little bit stubborn at times and that's good. Like that's healthy. Yeah. Um, and so we're for, I feel very, very fortunate. Like I wouldn't have wanted to do this with anybody else, to be honest. I still don't to this day. I don't want to do it with anybody else. Well, that's why it works for you guys. And cause I mean, a lot of people couldn't run a business with their brother. No. Oh God. <laughs> we hear, we hear that weekly, even to yeah. this day, 16 years later after yeah. buying it, we're almost 16 years. We still hear it daily. Like, oh, I couldn't work with my brother. Yeah. I couldn't work with my sister. Um, so you, you handle more of, um, or uh, you were describing how you first divvied it up. Is that how you still do it? Where Patrick yes. might be more of the vineyard, uh, guy mm-hmm. and you're more of the d- distributor guy. I, I do more winemaking and wine style and kind of distributor and, you know, kind of national sales type of thing. Okay. And Pat does, um, he not only does our, runs our vineyards, but he also, uh, we have a vineyard management company. And so then he's the, he's the point person and kind of does in charge of all the vineyard management side of things for us. I still help him with stuff. We still bounce stuff off of each other, both on wine production and grape production. You know, I try to get out there and look at the vineyards as often as I can mm-hmm. give him my two cents, whether he wants it or not. Um, um, but he he has really turned into and i i don't mean this as like braggadocious in any manner but i think he really tr- truly has become 
one of the better vineyard managers in the entire state of Washington. I mean, he just, he gets it. And he, he, the little bit I taught him way back when he took that and he's gone, you know, to the moon with more knowledge and he's done a great job wow. of implementing technology and looking you know forward with stuff on how do we do this better but still you know because there's still there's still a lot of value in doing it like the very basic level right but yeah like how do you do it better also and he's really done a good job with that and i mean we have now i think we farm now a total of i don't know 250 or 300 acres of fruit or something like that. So you're talking about your separate vineyard management company. And well, everything, everything we farm, um, you're adding all, it all together. All, all yeah, of our, yeah. all of our, all the vineyards we farm actually, no, it's more than, it's like more like 300 acres now, 350 acres of fruit vineyards. Um, but it's like, it's a lot of land. It's a ton and everything's spread out. Like everything's within three to five miles of our location here in Zilla. So it's not like it's all continuous by any means, Yeah, but it's awesome because we have these great relationships with people like, um, I mean, we don't farm your, your guys's vineyard, but we mm-hmm. have a great relationship with people like yourselves that, that, you know, may not live here full time and mm-hmm. we help them out, but then. You know, we're in lockstep with them as far as how do we f- grow the stuff. We're in constant communication. We work with their their customers, our customers, as far as on the winery side. And, you know, we have, I mean, I think fruit that we um, grow is, I think there's, I don't know, 35 varieties or something like that, and it's, which is way too many. But it's fun also because we, we're in a cool location in the world, very unique that we can do that. Yeah. Um, I think we deal with, we get to work with like 60 pl- plus wineries around the state of Washington and we get to you get to be in the middle of everything going on well yeah yeah but we also we we do we learn a lot from other people right you know, with all those different wineries that we work with I can and, imagine and you know we also work with I mean we we sell a bunch of grapes to a brewery back in North Carolina that's starting a sour beer and a wine program and, and a couple of other <laughs> wineries around the country and so we we get a chance to like it's beyond the like. There's no vanity involved with it. The vanity would indicate like we just get to be in the middle of everything, right? Like that's that's right. a, that's kind of a vain thing. That's not the way we look at it. We look at it more along the lines of we get to help grow the industry, but we also we also learn a lot from working with these guys. Like that's what, what I did, meant. What like, did you see? What have you witnessed? What have you experienced mm-hmm. with this fruit? Like how can we do it better for you? Oh, and then from our side of it being a winery as well, like not just a vineyard side. Like not only do do can pack glean that information from some of those wineries but then i can kind of talk to them a little bit from a winemaking perspective and you know we can we can kind of have this like kind of pyramid of information if you will um and i'm yeah like i'm sure that's helped to mountain grow and as you've just learned so much from these other wineries as you're saying i think i mean i uh, it's had to have yeah Um, i mean we can and we talk about everything from distribution to winemaking to viticultural like you know, even to just what are you seeing with customers in the taste room and more along the lines of, are we still having fun with it? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like yeah. it's, we, we have these great relationships with all these guys. Um, and I think, you know, for me, what I enjoy even more about it is that it allows me to, um, have these conversations with distributors and customers and stores across the country now too, because like I can, I can relay some of this information, and it gives people a better idea of what Washington State is from a wine region mm-hmm. and from stylistic and from personalities and from number of grapes and all these other things. And so it's like, 
I feel like we're just kind of in this really cool place where Washington is really kind of exploding and becoming really recognized, but beyond recognition is becoming sought after around the country. Um, and having these relationships, having the ability to talk about viticulture and winemaking and not just hyperbole because I bought grapes or whatever, because we, we literally grow them. Right. <laughs> we literally planted that vineyard, right? Like one yeah. of those things. I think like for me, what I like to think, and I don't know if it's a hundred percent accurate, but I like to tell myself it is, is that, you know, we're helping really grow a state, not just in a whole industry, not just us individually. Yeah. Maybe because the rising tide does raise all ships. Right. And so you have somewhat of a unique perspective because so do you, you, do you travel around when you're working on distributing your wine to others? Yes. Yeah. Where do you sell your wine? Like, obviously, you sell it here, mm-hmm. sell it in Seattle. What are some of the other locations around the country that you've been well, to I, selling to I just, wine? I just got back from Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. I was That's there, crazy. I was there 10 days ago. Uh, I'm going to Boston in two weeks, um, and so I'll be doing basically the greater Boston area for a week there. Um, that, to me, is so cool that there's people in Boston that are that engaged with Washington wine and Yakima Valley wine. Oh, it's crazy. It's it, awesome, and it's yeah. a great market. Like, we actually do a private label for... Um, this really cool store down in down in Southie, which is kind of an it's really kind of a cool area of of Boston now. But it's like, okay. well, you've seen the movie Goodwill Hunting, of course. That's Southie, yeah. How do, you like, how do you like them apples? It didn't look like that cool of an area in that movie. No, back then it wasn't. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't. But now it's it's really it's really cool now. Okay. Um. But yeah, that where they where they were growing up, that was that area there. Um. And now it's totally it's totally hip and cool, and but it still has a kind of some grit to it, and it's yeah. awesome. But we do a private private rosé label for them actually uh, for the store back there um you print your own label just for that store is that what you mean what do you mean when you say private rosé label yeah yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. no we 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 registered a whole nother label just for them so it's it's our label but it's right. sold only to one account at that point in time um and it's cool is um, that common do people do that a lot uh like do it's cus- done i don't customers know customers i don't, of I don't yours know do no 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 yeah. we don't do that with very many people right um uh but I don't know. We're in. I think we're in like eighteen states now, around the country, something like that. So you're traveling around quite a bit. Well, when it's not COVID, right? Yeah. But before yeah. COVID, yeah. yeah. I, that that to me would be the coolest thing. Would just be to see people far away enjoying the product that you make. It's fun. Yeah. It's it's fun. But like I said, I I have it's equally as fun for me to see them get excited about not only just Washington w- wine, what yeah. I'm making, but also find out that we're not growing grapes on the side of the Potomac river, right? Like, no, mm-hmm. there's a Washington state. It's not just DC. That's out there, <laughs> right. And, and, um, you laugh, but it's actually, yeah, oh, I bet I've, I've, I've uh, actually I, had, have, have had people ask me like, what side of the Potomac do you grow these on? I'm like the West side, I think. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, you ever heard of the Columbia? <laughs> yeah. Well, I got, well, hang a left, go that way about 3,500 miles. We'll find us. Um, yeah, but it's, um, it's cool to see them get excited about and and maybe excited isn't the right word because they're not familiar with it quite yet mm-hmm. enough to be fully excited, but they're super curious about watching. They're like, well, like and you show them maps and you show them pictures. I had no idea that Washington was dry. And right. Like, well, and, and that's legitimate. Like they wouldn't know. Right. I mean, but when you start showing it to people, they're like, holy shit, that's crazy cool. And then, then it's like, we're coming out and it's like, mm-hmm. cool. I'm like, okay, go see these guys, go see these guys, go see these guys, you know, whatever, but you're not going to have a bad trip, whatever. And so to see people get really curious about 
the industry that we're all helping develop because this industry in the state's young. I mean, in the wine world, we're only 40 years old. Yeah, you just went back to the 80s when you're describing it. That's not that long ago. No, I mean, for all intents and purposes, probably like 75 is when today's industry really started. So, I mean, you're only talking 45 years old. That's very young. I mean, in the wine world, that's nothing. I mean, we've been growing grapes and basically... Since the dawn of time in France or whatever. (laughs) Shit, before that, I mean, down in Roman Empire, down in like um, Iraq, what is now Iraq and Iran. I mean, they they think that's where Syrah came from, and they think it was two or three thousand years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, like the Old Testament references wine. So (laughs) yeah, and the Romans and everybody else, the Greeks and everybody else, right? So I mean, I mean, so forty five years is a nothing. It's (laughs) a hiccup. Not even a hiccup. It's not even a blink. It's it's like just it's a twitch, and it's. But the, to see where the state has come in 45 mm-hmm. years and the amount of research that's going into it and the amount of really cool people that are creating the second, third, fourth waves, but yeah. yet still respectful to the people that were in the first wave, um, it's it's really cool, man. It's kind of... You must get pretty excited thinking about the future of Washington wine country just because it sounds like... I actually never, just, I never think about that. I never you, think about you that. You never think I, about I, where it's headed? Wine country? And Well, like, just like... Like you're you're engaged with how Washington wine yeah. has, is getting recognized in these different places around the country. So my next thought is, well, what's it going to be like in 20 years or like 50 years? And are there going to be even more wineries around these hills, things like that? No, and that's a, that's a legitimate thought. I've actually never thought of that. Where okay. um, I start, and it's a very good question, but where I mm-hmm. start looking at it is more along the lines of, you know, maybe this is the competitive factor in me is like, okay. <laughs> how much market share is Washington going to take away from the rest of the world? Like, this is cool. Like, yeah. Like when you start getting these chefs at Michelin star restaurants that are like, no, I want to work with Washington wine. Like mm-hmm. that's dope. Mm-hmm. When you get dudes that are, you know, little local wine stores that are like, they can't keep the product in stock. And it doesn't matter if it's us or Van Arnhem or two blondes or mm-hmm. I mean, um, Andrew will or Treveri or whatever the case is, it's really fun. And when you get a chance to see out there in the marketplace and see, express to people like what the relationships are around the like around this like when i was in virginia two weeks ago um i saw my saw my buddies Traveri in a bunch of places and i i had to out there oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i so i i actually had to text christian and and uh and be like i can't get away from you this is crazy (laughs) and in fact we went just a little tangent i went to uh when i was down in norfolk i um went had a couple of drinks with with the sales rep i was working with and her husband joined and super cool people and so that's the other side, the side that gets exciting is just you build so many good relationships out there in right. the marketplace and people that you know i have a good relationship with pretty much everybody that we can even just text each other and be like wtf you know or whatever <laughs> you know it's kind of funny but um hey I, I, we went to this restaurant that sells our wine and the sales rep sells our wine to them okay and so we went down and we were like well let's just go have a cocktail and or something will sit in the sun before we have to go to the event. Um, and I came back from making a phone call and they had a bottle of Treveri Rosé on the, on the table. I'm like, for real? And, and she's that like, well, so the, trippy for you. Yeah, like, it was, it was awesome. But the server, they were like, well, the server really recommended it. I was like, well, do you guys sell this? She's like, no, we don't. I've never even heard of it before. I'm like, well, and the server was like, oh my God, that's like my favorite thing on the menu. So on and so forth. And I was like, well, yeah, they're my neighbors. <laughs> you're like they're, i know that person they're, like, you, they're, they're what i'm like yeah they're literally 10 miles from me they're like country neighbors and in fact we sell them 
a whole bunch of Chardonnay that goes into one of their other wines. And they're like, oh my God, this is crazy. And so yeah. to see so to see people connect those dots. Totally. All the way out on the other side of the country. On the other side of the country. And the number one comment I hear from a lot of people is that, so you guys are kind of like what California was like 40 years ago then. I'm that's like, where that's my exactly, brain's going. I'm like, that's exactly where we are right now, except for our our growth curve is steeper than theirs was at that stage of the game. Like obviously they exploded in California. They've done such a good job over the, over time. Like they, like I can't fault anything that's happened yeah. down there, but I think their growth curve, at least initially was probably a little flatter than what. Do you think that's just cause they had to do it in the sixties and seventies or whenever that was initially and initially just limits of technology versus now you can. Yeah. Initially I think yeah. so. Um, but I think, you know, obviously they were kind of flat and then they just went, vertical right like when they became when they became found they went absolutely vertical right i think i think washington is just at that point of about to go straight vertical so it's cool it's fun that'd be interesting to see um would you ever think about uh getting your wines into international markets or have you looked into that yet or? We've, we have done a little bit of that actually i'd like to do more of it where um, have you sold your wine canada no only not half canada. counts yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. the 53rd state. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, sorry, Canada. Um, uh, no, let's see. We, we have sold some like Europe or we sold a little bit into the UK a few years ago. Okay. We haven't, nothing happened with that after that. Unfortunately, it's probably um, tough to get it, get that started just. On yeah, it can be. And then it was like, I don't know. I'd like to revisit that one. Um, uh, we used to sell a little bit into Japan, which was actually great. Um, how do you get that started? How do you go over to a new country and say, hey, buy my wine and sell it? Some of it is they come to us. Some of it is you kind of seek out channels or avenues or whatever and mm-hmm. see what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually just started recently in the Cayman Islands. So okay. we have wine now down in the Cayman Islands, which I'm still waiting for that for that market visit. Um, <laughs> is that how you guys avoid taxes is by having a business? In the <laughs> <laughs> no, we pay plenty of taxes. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, cool. No, we only cool. started with them like two months ago. We haven't, we haven't been down there long enough, cool. um, but we pay plenty of taxes. Whoever's listening to this. Um, <laughs> um, we used to sell a little bit into Mexico. Okay. Um, for sure. We actually sold grapes to some dude in Aruba. We had to freeze them and then he hauled them down. He got them shipped down there and then he made wine out of i never i've never heard how it transpired after i would that, really but. be interested because my experience when you're making wine is you pick the grapes and you harvest them right away yeah, and so yeah. i mean you have you fr- sent frozen grapes to people before yes yeah. yeah is that um do you think that impacts the quality of the wine or i haven't tasted it yeah that's a good answer um i mean but to be straight when we've done that like when we sold the stuff to aruba a few years ago that's a long trip it was. And a well, he actually got over he there. actually got him in a week. Um, but what we did is we crushed him into a container. Mm-hmm. So they weren't on stems anymore. They were it was crushed must. Okay. Um and then we put him in a container, um, like a um, like a vacuum sealed thing or? no, no, like an IBC. Um and then we took it to a, f- a big um food freezer down in Grandview. Okay. And so they they have all kinds of frozen peas and carrots and blackberries and blueberries and whatever mm-hmm. you know cherry compote and whatever else down there right like that's what they do is they just freeze food products and then they ship them out wherever they're wherever was it their customers are in having a freezer stuff. the whole time no but what we did is we we froze it rock solid and then they put it in a refrigerated truck for the whole yeah. for that time and so by the time it, and then it was only a week from the time it left grandview to the time that 
it got to, I think that it was shipped out of Houston and to the time that it got to Aruba, it was less than, it was only 10 days. It was less than that. Maybe it was crazy. That's it, a long, I was, I guess that's a, I don't know. That's feels to me like a long time to have food being like, or not food, but wine grapes to be like when you're normally harvesting it the same day. No, it is. I mean, don't get but me wrong. There's it not is, much you can do if you live in Aruba. There's yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. But the the other side of it is once it's frozen, it's the same. It's going to be similar, right? Yeah. Um, maybe not perfect, but it's going to be similar or enough. And then you keep it. You pull it out of a freezer that's at minus five degrees or whatever the damn temperature was in there, mm-hmm. and then it stays in a truck that's set at thirty degrees all the way down there. It's not. How did that happen? That Aruba, like I don't know. He called us. I don't know. My brother. He. My brother answered the phone. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> my brother just said, "Hey, can we crush some stuff into some totes that we can take down and freeze?" Make sure I don't care. You gotta have some sort of uh, map on the corner of your office where your wine is sold all around the country. I haven't done that yet, but that's not a bad idea. I would. I would just be fun to. Yeah. Add new spots and stuff. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. That's a good. Actually, haven't done that. That that would be very interesting from a distribution side of things. Just to see where everything is like are there big are there markets that you are like oh we haven't been able to break into like chicago for example or no we're in chicago you are in chicago yeah yeah. okay but are there markets like that where you're like like i guess what what are your what are you working on right now as far as like where you where you trying to get into right now or are you kind of just like Mm, we got a lot of we have a lot of feelers out there okay um so i mean part of what we do though is we try to do it fairly logically and rather than just take on a whole bunch of people all at once mm-hmm. um you know we don't turn opportunities away very often but at the same time what we're trying to do is do it smart and grow into grow into our production levels as, as well so kind of laying the ground the groundwork for things and yeah okay. so one of the things that we do with distribution and and there's not a, honestly there's not a lot of wineries in the, this area of zilla or this area of the state that actually do a whole lot of distribution um we're one of the few i mean it's like us owen row Traveri. Yeah. Maybe Hyatt. I'm trying to think. Sorry. Hyatt I'm has to, right? Um, they, they distribute, but I'm not sure how much. Um, we can edit this out if it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. What it um, but I mean, as far as just like off the top of my head, like the only ones in our, like in our immediate vicinity that really do a, a, any kind of significant distribution are kind of like us, Traveri, and Owen Rowe. Um, Mm-hmm. Because this area has a lot of really small wineries, which is very appealing, but it's also... Do you sell to people in like California wine country? Are people buying Washington wines? No, we don't sell there. Because um, it's just like way too saturated. We just don't have a, no, well, we just don't have a distributor there, but also like, why? I mean, look, yeah, that's I mean, they, they, have a, they have a beautiful industry there, and they have a beautiful group of people that are down there. And like, why? Like, you could try, but I mean, it's a little bit of putting a square peg in a round hole. Right. But... There's also a part of me that kind of feel dirty about it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know why, but it kind of, I feel like it'd be kind of like, like there's just better places to put your time and effort. There's so many other places, yeah. right? Like they do such a great job. Like, like it's not that our stuff wouldn't compete with them, but like mm-hmm. I would only want to maybe put our stuff in some restaurants, like a very select few, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, I'm not pushing on that. I'm not advocating that right now. It's not even on our horizon to be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's so many places that we can get out to. And so what we've always done is from a distribution standpoint is, yeah, I mean, we're in cities like 
um, Chicago and we're in cities like Boston and, and mm-hmm. we're in DC. And so we're in some, definitely some one a cities like Dallas and Houston right, and Austin. Right. And you know, that's a lot of, we're in some really great cities, but we've yeah. also, we've also made a point of going into places where they might be secondary thoughts for a lot of people. Like New York is on our radar, but it's not the top place. Like everybody in the world wants to go to New York. Everybody in the world wants to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the world wants to go to Atlanta. Every, like, why? <laughs> why not go to, like, there's other cities. Like, Well, that's like, a natural progression. When you have the most popular ones, then they get too saturated. Then well, now so you're we, we've always about looked Chica- at Dallas and other stuff. And, 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 then, and Chicago is definitely on that same par as, like, all those yeah, other cities, right? And Boston is on the same par as all those cities. And, and so we're in a handful of, like, what I would consider, like, 1A cities. Right. But then we're also in a bunch of, a bunch of cities that I would consider to be, like, and this is not a knock on anybody. It's kind of, and you know, Denver's moved into kind of a one A city now. Um, but when we first started distributing, it didn't have nearly the food and beverage scene that it has now. Um, and it's such a great market. I mean, holy shit, is Denver and the the mountains and co- the Colorado as a whole? I was gonna say it's such a great market for, and they're so embracing of Washington wines and what we're doing. And and but like I said, fifteen years ago when we first started down there. Or, 12 years ago what it was like there wasn't as much of a food scene their food scene has gone vertical as far as the really as far as the the progression i mean it started out really good and then it just went it just took off um can but, you grow wine out in, out in colorado oh yeah it's yeah. kind they're of grow, they're growing a somewhat a lot of similar climate they're growing a lot of wine in uh out in the the western slope out in uh, grand junction area yeah okay um so kind of in the western colorado when you get to the west of really kind of to the west of the Mm-hmm. Rockies, west of Aspen, west of Vale. Yeah, okay. Out there. Um, kind of between there and Utah. Yeah, because I was actually out there last summer, and I it felt a lot like the climate out here, and I didn't see a whole lot of wineries, but I wasn't it's looking young. for them. I was super, driving around. It's super new industry down there. Yeah. But they're, doing, they're, they're making some really nice wines. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, Colorado, Colorado might be, I mean, it's probably in my top five of markets to, to work with and be in and you know, whatever the case is, it's just, it's a cool state, man. I, this cool is, people are cool. <laughs> like this is a tangent, but somewhat for some reason. So I live in Seattle and for some reason, Seattle and Denver, there's like this relationship where it, if you're talking to people in Seattle that are young and they like, Oh, I want to move out of the city. I want to move to somewhere cool. It's always Denver for mm-hmm. some reason. Weather. It's like the weather, weather and mountains weather, but it's not Los Angeles. It's mm-hmm. not like yeah. whatever. It's just like, no. I think as Seattleites who like have never been to Denver, we always just like idealize Denver is like the coolest thing ever. So hearing you talk about how cool Colorado is, and it's just kind of making me laugh. But yeah, well, and the funny is, thing, the Colorado funny thing is, is awesome. The funny thing is on that point is like a lot of people from Seattle, are like, oh yeah, Denver's yeah, it's like right in the mountains and all this other it's stuff. Not. <laughs> it takes it's long. Close. It actually takes longer to get to any place to go skiing around Denver than it does if you live in Seattle. Like right. the mountains are so much closer in Seattle than they are to Denver. Denver um, looks like Kansas where Denver is it's just there's just mountains in the distance and they're not that far away but it can take a while to get there like, like Aspen's like three hours or something yeah 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 Vail, Vail <laughs> just is, blowing someone's mind right now <laughs> Vail is two hours from Denver or yeah. something like that and and uh you know it's uh in Grand Junction where the wine country is like a four and a half or five hour drive from Denver yeah. like you get to Washington and like you well, get to wine country in 160 miles like where we are it's 160 miles from downtown Seattle yeah, like, I make that drive all the time. <laughs> I know, right? And I, I used to too. So yeah. it's like it's um, there are a lot of similarities there, but it is you're absolutely right. It's funny how the 
the misconception that and I first time I went to Denver, I assumed that I assumed it was the way. I, I assumed it was Denver. The city of Denver was in the mountains. I yeah had no reason to not think that. Well, it is a mile high, but yeah, yeah, a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, but it's not far. It's not far from the mountains. That's the you can get in the mountains in thirty minutes. Also, right? Yeah. Like it's well, it's I, I cool. bet there's people in Denver saying, "Oh, I want to at some point move out and move to Seattle," and it's like that's what I'm. Yeah, there's that's a lot my of people hypothesis. There. No, there's a bunch of people down there that are saying that. Yeah, but Denver's a popular city, man. It was one of the top, one of the fastest growing cities in, yeah. this, in the country for people under the age of forty, I think, or something like that. Yeah, it. I might move there someday. We'll see. I don't blame <laughs> you. I'd move there. I'd um, absolutely move there. Because I live in Seattle and a lot of the listeners are people in my friend group and we mm-hmm. all live in Seattle. Uh, where's your wine? Do you have wine for sale in places in Seattle? Oh, yeah. You have yeah, we're to, all, right? We're all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, a, in a nutshell, what like restaurants or stores? like Both. Restaurants, uh, well, on the third side of it is independent retailers also. Okay. So we're in QFCs. We're in Fred Meyers. Okay. We're in PCC. I think we're in all the PCCs. We're in Central Markets. We're in okay. even a f- couple of Whole Foods. But <laughs> then, like even Whole Foods. <laughs> well, no, because Whole Foods. I mean, I'm just saying because like Whole Foods is can be a little bit tricky to get into. Sometimes. Really. Um, but we're also in super small independent retailers. Um, like all things wine down in Renton. Okay. It's a super good place, but they're not big. They're an independent retailer. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Any restaurants in Seattle? Yeah, no, we're 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 in quite a few restaurants. Um, um, I'm trying to think now. Now you put me on the spot. Now um, <laughs> say it now. <laughs> I know, right? I'm trying to think about it, some of these, uh, like Mia Posto. Um, oh, Mia Posto. Yeah, they've carried. Oh, the, my friend the, made pizza there for a long okay, time. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they, they they carry the they've carried our red blend for a long time there. Okay, um, yeah. Um, I mean, it's okay if you can't think of them yeah, all right now. But Sunny Hill, um, out in in kind of ballad area they've done a really nice job they actually started with those little bottles of rosé of ours those little mini bottles they, they started those things last oh, year oh I've seen those and those things they did they, they had fun with them last year it was, it was cool those um, are just like personal sized rosé mm-hmm. bottles yeah yeah um, where did you get the idea for that because I've only seen those from you guys <laughs> we are the only ones that do those it's <laughs> um, a great idea we actually had the bottle made um, <laughs> were you just one day you're like this would be cool or did you see it somewhere else and you're like wanting no to- we literally said one day this would be cool this, okay. was, <laughs> this was another one of those conversations that happens late at night when it's just the two of you and you can finally just talk freely about stuff with <laughs> no employees around or whatever the case is we're in the office late together one night and we're kind of just having a conversation right, about right. looking at some financials and just kind of some just brainstorming type stuff and before we started Pat had walked into the office with um like we hadn't even planned on having a conversation about the financials or anything we just he just brought a beer i was working on some stuff and he just brought a couple of beers in the office and handed me one and it was miller high life right and we're like all right cool <laughs> like i love that beer right it's so simple and good <laughs> yeah you know, it's a champagne of beers but um uh but it's um and so we just started this random conversation and and finished my beer and i happened to have some rosé on my desk from doing tasting notes for some distributors like earlier in the earlier in the day mm-hmm. and i don't even know what caused it but i kind of just decided i think i just wanted to keep drinking i think i just wanted some rosé but <laughs> you i didn't poured have... the rosé into the beer and i like, did this is that's what you did yeah the beer was gone but i yeah, poured yeah, it into yeah, the yeah. bottle because i just was like <laughs> i don't know if i was like i just need something else to drink and i have no cup here i have no glass so i just poured it in and think i could drink it out of there but i poured it in there and we both kind of got silent for a second. We looked at the rosé in this kind of cool, well, in a high life bottle, which isn't the coolest bottle, but it's definitely distinctive, right? Right. And we're like, and it's clear. And we said, 
Damn. That's a fun idea. That's kind of cool. Can you imagine that with like a plate of oysters? It was exactly what Pat, like I was looking at it and Pat was like. That should be on the back of the bottle. Pat imagine like, this with a plate of oysters. Yeah, Pat was like, that'd be really good with a plate of oysters. I was like, holy shit, you're right. And so we started going through this progression of where, okay, if we did this, like hypothetically, like if we did this, where would you, okay, boat, golf course, um, someone might be able to take it to soccer practice, like picnics. Like we, we I take <laughs> that skiing. Yeah. Like we just started doing this whole thing. Like, in fact, I was talking with the cousins out on Cape Cod this morning and, and I'm going to see them in a couple of weeks when I'm there. And, and like one of the things we were talking about was like, you know, I, one of us listed off, God, they'd be great on like Cape Cod or like <laughs> on the beach and doing all this kind of stuff. Right. Just setting the and, scene. And for- so we kept, we kind of discussed this for about 15 minutes. We just, it was easy. We just kind of kept coming off with this checklist of, It'd be cool there. It'd be cool there. It'd be cool there. It'd be cool there. And so we just snapped a picture real fast and, and sent it to Pat's now wife and my ex-girlfriend and then my buddy's best friend or my, my best friend's wife. Um, and, and my best friend's wife sent us a picture, sent it back like just a couple of minutes later. It was like, that is soccer yes. practice. Make that happen. <laughs> like, hadn't thought about soccer practice soccer and baseball practice. games and yoga bags and all this other shit. And that's how it came about. Like I said, okay, let's explore this. And then we... Well, everyone now is doing canned wine, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Are you like, bottled, little bottles is better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You guys don't do the cans? Nope. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I don't have any problem with people wanting to put wine in cans. It just doesn't taste right to me. And some of it, some of it is just the wine. Some of it is just psychological, and I get it. Like I truly have a, like, I'm pretty casual when it comes to wine. Like I'll drink stuff out of solo cups, and I'll sit at, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I put wine in a beer bottle. <laughs> try that, right? We've established that but, you're casual. Yeah, yeah, but I can't get past drinking wine out of a Red Bull can. It, it's I just odd. can't do it, and it's not. Well, I think something that's weird. It's not about anything it. against the producers. It's just it's. Wine in an aluminum can just doesn't do it for me. And so those little bottles are like total, like mm-hmm. it looks like wine. It feels like wine. It's in a glass bottle like wine. The wine actually tastes like wine when it comes out of it. And it's kind of sexy. Yeah. So whatever. You know? Is it just rosé that you guys do yes, that with? right now. Right Is now. that because rosé fits that kind of market you were describing yes. of Cape Cod and golfing and all this stuff? Yeah. Because I'm curious to see. Well, we were also thinking Seafair and everything Seafair, else, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, the, the list goes I'm, on. The I'm list really goes curious. on. What else is on the list? You know, the only place I won't put it in is if I'm going rafting. If I'm going like like <laughs> if I'm going to go float a river in like a tube or a raft or whatever, just because those things flip over too easy, and I'm not a big fan of glass in that situation. That's what I was gonna say. I think glass and water is not a good mix. Oh, if, glass and water is great. Like you're in a boat. Like what's the difference between that and a can? No, no, no. But if you're in the if you drop it in the yeah yeah that's a problem that's a problem river. but but if I go fishing if I'm in a drift boat <laughs> which is a, is which is more way, way more stable and you can lash down coolers and all this other stuff mm-hmm. and you're typically not going through like ra- like not seeking out rapids if you're getting a drift boat mm-hmm. like I'll put it in a drift boat I'm just not putting in a raft right like there's a I find I find a difference it's probably semantics but I find a difference <laughs> basically <laughs> it's like the the rose and the and the small bottle is kind of like the Corona. It's like you're trying to go for that same sort of like, it's like a refreshing when you're outside kind of thing. And I feel like if you had like a red wine, you'd have to, in a small bottle, it'd have to be like a completely different thing. Cause I don't know who's drinking red wine on the golf. I mean, probably, there's probably a lot of people. It's in, it's in cans. So, the, yeah. I mean, that's true. That's true. But to me, the rose is more of like a refresher. 
I, I think so. And it, it fits better with all those things you were describing. But Well, thanks. We think so. We, yeah. we might do a white wine in it next year. We're, yeah. we're contemplating like Riesling or Sauvignon Blanc in there or something. This is actually a great segue. What You make a lot of varietals, yes. I imagine. Yes. Um, you don't have to list all of them. But help the listener get a feel for the different kinds of wines you make. So like you got probably some blends, some red blends, some reds, some whites, a rosé. Like, you what summed are, what it are, up right there. What are, what are some of your like bestsellers, some of your favorites? And maybe what's what's something that you just started out in the past couple of years? So, well, I mean, you summed it up. I mean, we make reds, we make whites, we make rosé. We don't make anything sweet. We're just, other than, I mean, we make a port, but I think port's more rich than sweet. So um, no, like, dessert wines? No, we don't do dessert wines. Um, I just don't like sugar that well. I'm not going to make something that's sweet because I don't don't like sugar. Dessert wines taste good, but then I never actually want to have like a whole glass of no, it. No, and I just, I don't know. I'll, I'm going to let other people do it. People that enjoy it, I'll let them make it. Right. Like, that's like, do what you do and do it well. And, you know, don't try to be something for everybody, right? Yeah. Um. And, but, and your dad, I mean, your dad is one of the best sales guys I've ever seen. And I think he has the same approach as, and I probably learned some of this from him and I didn't realize it is that, you can't sell anything unless you enjoy it, right? Like yeah. you can sell it, but you're never going to sell it. Well, as people well can as you see can. through it if they if you don't enjoy it. People yeah, can and, tell. and so, but I think that's the right. I think that's the same attitude in uh, in production, also. Like when you're mm-hmm. making a consumable product, right? Like if I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to be able to make it as well as I sh- as well as like as well as totally the customer deserves it to be made, right? Yeah. And I just don't. That's, therefore, we just don't do that. We'll let other people do that, and that's great. Like mm-hmm. on them, and I'll, I'll send people to those guys. And I'm a hundred percent like, no, but mm-hmm. go here, here, here. They have great. Like, I appreciate the flavor of sweet wine. I don't drink it because I don't like the sugar. Right. I can tell you if it's well made, but I can't. I just, it's just not my jam. Well, it sounds like um, you guys have tons of other wines, so there's no need to. Yeah, we have we have a couple of different reds. I mean, a couple of different blends. We have. Um, do this kind of standard varietals we have three different tiers of wine that we make now um so we have our top tier and then we have our wine club tier and then we have um the regular tier um they all intermix very very well but like just from a price they're they're tiered more price point wise than they are anything else Mm -hmm. um so the quality is all right up there with everything um is there been one that's been like sort of a a fan favorite bestseller recently well the hidden horse the hidden horse has always been a big Hidden horse, for, yeah, it's the one that you can find out in the market really easy in Puget Sound. Um, is it so? Is that a blend? Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. It's hidden horse red blend, is what it's called. Um, can you share the recipe for the blend? If I knew it, I could. <laughs> um, it changed. It it's more consistency is what we're after. Yeah. Flavor and consistency, um, not not specific. It's not a specific recipe. You're yeah. just you're just trying to make a, a good hidden horse blend each year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 One that easy to drink in a restaurant and on the couch, you know, one of those things. Um, is that something you started up recently? No, that's no, been no, going no. on for we've a long been, time. We've been doing that for a long time. Um, Riesling is pretty popular. Rose is actually super popular for us now. Like we're, we sell out of it fast every year now. Yeah. So in all formats that we have it in, in the regular size bottles and the small bottles, you know, is there a, a wine that you've started up recently you started making i guess the past few years um, it might not be in that we're in that stage because we're always we're kind of expanding still mm-hmm. uh so there's i feel like once every other year there's like a new wine that we try yeah no i think that's important um but i don't know if that's the same with you guys no we've kind of been in the fine-tuning mode for the last couple of years right. um we're right. talking about some bringing out some new wines maybe in the next couple of years um 
but we've been kind of in the growth and stabilization mm-hmm. and fine tuning aspects so we can get into some different distribution and expand that a little bit. And, you know, we only have so much physical space to be able to do things. So the bandwidth is therefore limited to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of have to focus on what we need to, to be able to get things out to where we want to go and then start bringing some other things in, um, or bring, you know, creating some new things. So we're, we're discussing a couple of things, but we're not, we haven't really done anything yet. I mean, our wine club wines, those change, those have changed a little bit. I mean, we do like a Portuguese red blend for that. And then we do kind of more of a Rhone red blend for that or for them as well. If someone, this might be a loaded question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If somebody gave you a million dollars to upgrade some part of your business, where, what would you do with it? I have no idea. Is there some equipment you're like, I want to get this, this, or I want to build a new space. So if you ask my dad this, there's there's a long list <laughs> because we no have, there isn't he just has have, a lot of things in his mind we, he, he doesn't we, actually <laughs> write anything down that's true we also no have, one else no half one knows of our property the, is undeveloped still yeah, I know. so he's always like oh something could go there something could yeah. go there <laughs> no but uh, I guess I was what I was asking is um, what do you have any future plans with Two Mountain or are you just kind of like you said in the no I, no we we're have, trying to perfect our process or are you having like Anything planned for the oh, future? All, all, yeah. all of the above. All yeah, yeah, of the yeah. above. I and mean, we have some other, some vineyards, we're, new vineyards we're going to plant next year with, with some new varieties on okay. there. Um, we have... What kind of varieties? Um, uh, well, kind of, it depends on if we can get the grapes or not. But uh, Merlot and Syrah, which are kind of staples for us. But then we're also talking about doing some kind of slightly obscure whites. Um, <laughs> What's I'll, obscure about them? Uh, Just, they're not done very often. Like what, what kind of whites are these? Well, one of them would be Pickpool. Um, I've never heard of that. My point. <laughs> so, and then one of them is something else that we're we're working on trying to get some those, those two varieties as far as grapes going. But we'll if we do the, if we can we'll plant that next spring. Okay. Um, we're looking at doing a little bit of a building expansion for production side of things. Um, Where would you do that? Like I I know the geography of your place, which right right behind our right behind our existing behind building. it. Yeah yeah yeah. 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 You're not going to get rid of your lawn area, right? No, that, no, that was debated, but no, we're not going to. <laughs> yeah, that place is fun. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. It's a nice place to just to go sit and relax, and yeah, and hopefully just kind of take in the Yakima Valley. Yeah, you guys do like outdoor movies there, right? Or well, we have. I don't know if we're doing one this year, but yeah, we've done we've done in the past. Yeah, some, some events out there. Yeah, it's so. fun. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, I mean, that's important. Totally, totally. Yeah. Are you looking at my notepad? I don't have anything cool written down here. No, anymore. I was looking at your pen. Oh, I couldn't figure out what that was. I bank a lot, so this is <laughs> a credit union. No, I don't bank a lot. <laughs> you um, do what you got to do, man. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you thought you wanted to get out there? No, I'm yeah. I'm good. I think this is cool that you guys are doing this. Honestly, I think it's uh, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. I think it's a good way to shed a light on this area in a way that no one else is really doing it. And I think it's I think it's important. Um, like you said, it's kind of it's just everyone kind of works here for the benefit of the whole region. Mm-hmm. And it's just another aspect of that. Hopefully I think so. I yeah. think it's great. Yeah. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I'm hoping to have your brother on later and then I actually have three microphones, so it would be fun for us all to get on later in the summer or something. Yeah, let's do it. Shoot the shit. No, he'll do it. Yeah. He'd, 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 he'd have fun with it. Yeah. 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 Well, all right, Matt, thanks for yeah. joining us. No problem. Thanks buddy. It's yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. Thanks for letting me be part of it. I expect some rosé next time. 
<laughs> this was 10 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and you're not in college anymore. Oh, so, damn. You know, if you're still in college, I probably would have brought it on ice for you. But You know, David Rodriguez from Deneen came over yesterday, and he, he brought some wine. So, But we were at 3 p.m., so that's a little different. Oh, like I said, <laughs> there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't know. No, that's I, fair. Yeah, I didn't, didn't want your mom or dad killing me. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> take care. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks, bud. Yep. All right.